0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at Gary Chapman's book, The Four Seasons of Marriage. We ended last week's broadcast looking at some real-life examples of the attitudes of the winter season of marriage. Let's pick up there. After 19 years of marriage, a woman named Martha said, I think I really tried to work on our marriage in the early years, but it seemed as if everything I suggested he interpreted as nagging. Nothing seemed to work, so I began to shut down. We've had some times of growth and increased intimacy, but mostly it has centered on what he wanted and doesn't involve my needs or desires. That continued pattern has left me not really caring what his needs are at this point. I am now waiting, probably unfairly, for him to put some energy into our marriage. Well, here's what Martha's husband, William, said. A year and a half ago, our marriage had just come off the best two years we've ever had. We were applying biblical principles to our marriage, and it was great. Martha was trying harder, and I lowered my expectations. Then I resigned my job with her support, but it has been a rough road ever since. Doors have not opened, and I am currently working four part-time jobs to support our family. Apparently, I dropped the ball with communication, consistent affection, and having a plan for the future during the early months of this transition. Since then, Marcia has shut down and nothing I do is helping to turn it around. It seems there's a hole in her love tank, and nothing I do gets credited to my account. She says she's not holding on to unforgiveness, but that is what it seems like to me. Clearly, Martha and William are both plagued with negative attitudes, and neither is feeling the support of the other. Sometimes, attitudes turn negative quickly. Truett had an offer of another job in a neighboring state, He and Mary discussed it and agreed that this would be a good move for them at this stage of their lives. So they made the move. However, shortly after unpacking, Mary found herself missing her friends and feeling irritated by all the changes that were forced upon her by the move. She complained to Truett about these things and told him how unhappy she was. Truett felt betrayed. He thought they had been in agreement about the move so he felt that Mary was putting him in an unfair position. He could not resign so soon after accepting his new job, and yet he wanted his wife to be happy. Mary's negative attitude became a barrier in their marriage, and within a year they were on the brink of divorce. How different things might have been if Mary had taken a positive attitude, sought to make new friends, and looked for the good things in their new situation. You know, negative attitudes are like a bitter wind that contributes to the winter season of marriage. Well, now let's look at the actions of winter. Our natural tendency in the middle of winter is to avoid the elements as much as possible. When the weather turns frigid, we retreat inside for survival and wait for it to warm up or for the season to change. In a winter marriage, there may be a similar tendency to avoid the elements. Spouses may withdraw within themselves, hunkering down and trying to ride out the cold season, hoping for spring but not taking any positive steps to move their marriage toward spring. However, unlike the natural seasons, the seasons of a marriage do not typically change without some positive action, unless it's a change from bad to worse. If you are experiencing winter in your marriage, your actions will tend to be divisive and destructive. Consciously or subconsciously, they are designed to hurt your spouse. Harsh words, violent acts, or withdrawal and silence are some of the actions of winter. Gary says that he remembers one woman who said to him, I was so angry because of Kurt's unfaithfulness that I went over to the apartment of the girl I knew he was seeing, found his car, and flattened all four tires. I know I could have been arrested for that, but at the time I was so angry I just wanted him to know how deeply he was hurting me. Gary relates the story of Melody. He says, I met Melody in Racine, Wisconsin at one of my marriage seminars. At the time, she was in her second marriage. The first marriage had been, in her words, physically and emotionally abusive. Five years into her second marriage, she was certain that her marriage could be characterized as winter. I hate it. I am distant, and I don't know if my husband will react positively to anything I initiate. I am tired. I've actually considered telling him we need to separate because I am sure he will never talk civilly to me again. I am not content at all with my marriage at this time. In the winter season of marriage, Communication fluctuates between silence and arguments. Critical words are spoken that further hurt the relationship. Verbal abuse sometimes leads to physical abuse. The sexual part of marriage becomes a battlefield, and sexual unfaithfulness may strike the final blow to the marriage. A winter marriage is indeed cold, harsh, and bitter. Eventually, couples become detached emotionally and sometimes physically. They may even sleep in separate rooms because they do not want to be close to each other. Sexually and emotionally, they are already divorced. If the warm winds of spring do not come soon, they may take steps to become legally divorced as well. Typically, marriages do not begin in the winter season. And unlike the natural seasons, fall does not always precede winter in marriage. A marriage can move directly from spring to winter. Winter may come early in a marriage, or it may come after 50 years. In between, it can occur many times. Couples can recognize it by their emotions, their attitudes, and their actions. Reflect for a moment on your own marriage. If your marriage is in winter, it may appear beyond hope, but don't give up. Just as most people wouldn't lie down in the snow and wait to die, there's no reason to passively accept the coldness of a wintry marriage. Our author tells us there is a way out, and it begins with hope. The coldness of winter often stimulates a desire for healing and health. It is the sick who seek a physician and find healing. A winter marriage often makes couples desperate enough to break out of their silent suffering and seek the help of a counselor, pastor, or trusted friend. Through the process of healing, couples come to learn and experience the positive side of winter. It's an opportunity to rediscover your roots, affirm your faith, and grow in character. Working through the season of winter may never be fun or exciting, like sledding down a steep hill or a ski trip to Vail, but when couples persevere and begin to take positive steps to improve their marriage, they emerge stronger, more committed, and better able to work through their differences. When the failures of winter are confessed and forgiven, forgiveness makes room for love. By extending the olive branch of peace, even in the midst of pain and alienation, couples can discover the potential for deep healing and an even deeper intimacy. The scars of failure are reminders of sin, a desperate need for forgiveness, and the power of God to save. The good news is that forgiveness and God's power are always available to those who seek them. When two people choose to love again, the melting ice of winter will water the seeds of spring and winter has served its ultimate purpose. In later broadcasts, we'll look at the tools necessary to move from winter to spring. But first, let's identify the characteristics of the other three seasons of marriage, beginning with spring. You know, in the world of nature, spring is the time for new beginnings. Spring is where most marriages begin, too. The excitement of creating a new life together, giving men and women the courage to make a covenant marriage commitment. What could be more exciting than joining two lives together to help each other accomplish the purposes for which they were created? Yes, marriages begin in the springtime. I know it won't come as any surprise when I say that marriage is not a lifelong springtime. But we can come back to the optimism, enthusiasm, and joy of spring many times in the course of our lives. We'll inevitably have our seasons of summer, fall, and winter as well, though not necessarily in that predictable order. As we've said, the seasons of marriage are not chronological, and thus springtime is not exclusively for newlyweds. The seasons repeat themselves numerous times throughout a marriage, and because we are creatures of choice, we can create new beginnings whenever we desire. As we've said, the seasons of a marriage are created by the changes we encounter and, more important, by our emotions, attitudes, and actions. Emotions typically influence our attitudes and our actions. For example, if I feel angry, the anger can develop into an attitude and I act it out. Conversely, the emotion of joy may lead to an attitude of optimism, which in turn results in the attitude of encouraging others. When couples describe their emotions, attitudes, and actions, they are describing the quality of their marriage relationships or the season of their marriage. So, what does a springtime marriage look like? Spring is characterized by animated and buoyant feelings such as excitement, joy, hope, and happiness. Well, our time is gone for today. We'll continue looking at the spring season of marriage next week. And we'll also begin looking at the summer season of marriage as well. But before we go, I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If the time is not convenient, or you don't have Facebook, you can go to my website, MutualUnderstanding.net, and click on the MUM Live tab for the recorded sessions. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at org. To know more about the church, Go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening, and be blessed.